In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being here, really, truly, substantially present in our midst. Here in the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament, we believe that you are really, truly here, body, blood, soul, heart, and divinity. In other words, your whole person is really here. Jesus, please increase our faith. Open the eyes of our hearts and the ears of our hearts so we can contemplate your beauty, your goodness, and your truth as you reveal it to us here and through your word. Brother Mary, we crown you the queen of our time before Jesus here tonight as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like to read from Luke's Gospel to begin here tonight. Chapter 12, verses 49 to 50. I came to cast fire upon the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how I am constrained until it is accomplished. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I thought this was an appropriate gospel given the high temperatures that we're experiencing in other parts of the world, reaching record highs. But seriously, what is Jesus talking about here? This fire that he wants to cast upon the earth. Well, it's his love, the fire of his love. It's the Holy Spirit that he wants to share with each and every one of us. It's his very life, his own life, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Their eternal exchange of love, their embrace that is total and free and faithful and fruitful. It's all of that and more. That's what Jesus means by setting the world ablaze. And it starts with each and every single human being. Each and every one of you. And me. Jesus wants to share his life with us. He's excited to do that, in fact. That's why he said, how I am constrained until it is accomplished. So he was certainly thinking about his crucifixion, his death, but also his resurrection, where he would conquer death and win for us everlasting life. But he wanted to go even farther. So he was also thinking about the coming of the Spirit and the birthday of the church, Pentecost, and how he would not only share with us 
his life, but also his purpose and his mission, you could say, as savior of the world, as redeemer of the world. So in some sense, we are all co-redeemers with Jesus because we are members of his body now. He has literally shared with us his mission and his purpose for our lives. But he's excited about you and about me just for who we are before we do anything. He's excited about us just for who we are. He loves us just for who we are because he made us. And he knows us so intimately, so personally, so profoundly. And he loves everything about you because he made you. And you are a unique reflection of God. If we go back to the very first chapters in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, God created us in his image and likeness, male and female, he created us. So if we're made in his image and likeness, that means each and every one of us reflects his image and likeness in a particular way, in a unique way. And that gets him excited. That gets him excited. And he wants us to be excited about that. He wants us to experience joy because of that. A good definition of joy is to be in the presence of somebody that you know is happy to be with you is excited to be with you. Well, Jesus is excited to be with you. He's happy to be with you here tonight and every day of your lives. He believes in you. I know you believe in him, otherwise you wouldn't be here tonight. But the good news is, he believes in you, which is to say he believes in your goodness, in your beauty, your, your future, your destiny, because he's the source of that. The Second Vatican Council said that right here, the Eucharist, and particularly the celebration of the Eucharist, the Holy Mass, is the source and the summit of our Christian lives. What does that mean? That means that everything we have, everything that we can aspire to, all that we desire, is to be found right here in the Lord, in his real presence. He desires that for you and for me. He desires that. So he came to cast fire on the earth and would that it were already kindled. Would that it were already burning a flame with what? With his love. That's why we typically light candles. Jesus is the light of the world and the darkness has not overcome it. But it also reminds us of the Holy Spirit which fell upon the apostles in Tongues in the form of tongues of fire at Pentecost. And Jesus has shared this fire with us. When you were baptized, when you were confirmed, 
Every time you receive the Eucharist. Every time you open your heart in prayer, like we are tonight. You receive more and more of that light, more and more of that flame. And one characteristic of fire is that it purifies. Fire purifies. Especially metal. It purifies metal of impurities. I remember hearing a little anecdote that members of a Bible study sent an emissary to a uh, a silversmith. And so this representative from the Bible study was observing the silversmith purifying the silver over a flame. And she asked, so how do you know when it's done? And he said, when I can see my reflection in it. Whoa. That's a deep thought. So what impurities do we have? Well, sin, for for starters. Sin is an impurity. And then the effects of sin. The marks that sin leaves on us. Starting with original sin. But each and every time that we sin or that somebody sins against us, it leaves a mark. And we ask forgiveness for that. And we're forgiven. But if it happens enough, if we're exposed to it enough, if we commit it so many times, it can leave a mark that we need to be purified of so that we can think differently, so that we can think like Christ, so that we can behave like Christ, so that we can have the peace of Christ in our hearts. And not be anxious or afraid. Not feel isolated or ashamed or just weighed down with guilt. God doesn't want us to live like that. God doesn't want us to live weighed down by guilt and shame and anger and sadness. He said that I I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. It doesn't mean that our lives are going to be without crosses, without pain and suffering. But what he is promising us is that he will be with us through it all. He will never abandon us. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you alone. And it helps to remember that we're all on a journey. Life is a journey. It's like a pilgrimage, you could say. We're all on a pilgrimage through time, on our way to eternity. It's really good to have that perspective so that we don't become too obsessed with the things of this earth, as good as they are. God wants us to find him in all of those things. Those are all good things. But not to make those things the be-all and end-all of of our lives, but to make him, (laughs) appropriately speaking, the be-all and end-all of our existence, because that is truth. And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free.
And the truth is not just something, it's someone, namely Jesus. So the truth of his love, the truth of our identity in Christ, that we've received as a gift from the Father through the Spirit, That's who we are. And what we're called to become is more and more like Jesus, more and more like love itself, love incarnate. So that Christ and his presence and his love literally pervades your whole existence. I was just on the phone with somebody this gentleman who wanted to talk to me and he's out of state and we're talking about different things, this journey that we're all on and he takes his faith very seriously and I just reminded him the, the three stages of the spiritual life, the three general stages of the spiritual life, of our relationship with God. There's the purgative, the illuminative, and the unitive. So in the purgative, as the word, you know, as it looks like there, it purges us. So we're, we're purified, we're purged of sin in particular during the purgative stage of our walk with Jesus. And he starts to reveal himself to us more and more as we spend more and more time with him. And that leads to the illuminative phase of our relationship with him, where his light begins to, as I said, pervade more and more of our intellect, our hearts, and our wills. His grace, his power, his presence. And we're finding him in more and more places. Even those People in places that we find really hard to find Jesus sometimes. And then finally, the unitive stage where we are becoming more and more one with Jesus. One heart, one mind, one desire, one will, a single purpose. That's the unitive stage. Most Christians, honestly, don't get out of the purgative stage because it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to get out of the purgative into the illuminative and the unitive. But it's not just hard. I think what's hard about it what can make it hard in, in particular is just our very image of God in the image that we have then of ourselves. If we try to do it, it's, it's counterintuitive. That's why it's hard. Because it's counterintuitive. The harder you try, doesn't make it easier. What the, what the progression consists of, what the maturity consists of, what the transformation consists of is trusting in Jesus more and more. Letting go surrendering however you want to say that making receptivity the priority 
as I alluded to in the beginning, we can talk about the primacy of receptivity. The primacy of receptivity. And who's the prime example of the primacy of receptivity? Mary. She was so open. She believed so much. And she was so trusting and available and vulnerable that she literally conceived Jesus in her womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. So she becomes a model and an example for us to believe and to trust, to surrender to the Lord and to let him lead us and guide us to let go of the reins, to let go of the wheel, and to let the Lord really speak into our lives. It's mysterious for sure. It's mysterious. That's probably another thing that makes it difficult. It's mysterious. You just can't quite grasp it. Because when you think you got it, then you really don't got it. (laughs) As St. Augustine said, If you can understand it, it's not God, which isn't completely true, but the point being, we're not in control, but he is absolutely trustworthy. And maybe that's a grace that we all could pray for tonight. Lord, help me to know more deeply that you are trustworthy and and then help me to trust in you more. So as we prepare for benediction, as we prepare for this encounter with Jesus tonight, let's make some acts of faith. You can just repeat after me. We call these activations. Call it an act of faith. But we're just going to pray out loud. And as we do this, what we're doing is we're, we're making space in our minds and in our hearts and in our bodies for God to act. Because that's really all he requires. Faith. But not just intellectual faith. A faith that leads to surrendering and to letting go, to trusting So I invite you to repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that I'm a child of God. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that God is excited about me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that God is trustworthy. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that Jesus is excited to share his life with me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that God will be with me wherever I go. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare 
that God loves to take care of me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that God provides for me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that God loves to comfort me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that I have a future full of hope. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that Jesus is my friend. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that Jesus is in me and I am in Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for the blessings that you have already poured out upon us here tonight. Help us to continue to encounter you in a fresh way, in a way that will be healing, in a way that will empower us and strengthen us to grow in your grace, in your life, in your love. We ask all this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.